This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. A new book called Y'all Means All, Emerging Voices Queering Appalachia, is challenging the stereotypes and marginalization faced by LGBTQ Appalachians. It shows how the public perception is changing. If we were to look back maybe even three or four years ago, and we were to look at the things that have been written, that have been spoken, that have been engaging with queer Appalachian capacity, it was pretty limited, at least on, in like a public sense. That story and more coming up this West Virginia morning. A company is making a big investment to find new uses for the state's coal mining waste. Chris Schultz has more. Governor Jim Justice was in Wyoming County Thursday afternoon to announce Omni Sublimation Recovery Technologies will invest $60 million in the county to extract rare earth metals from coal waste impoundments. Rare earth metals are relatively abundant and are used in many modern electronics, most notably smartphones. But their extraction and refinement is technically difficult and traditionally environmentally damaging. Justice said Omni's new technology will allow for safer extraction. The problem is we've never been able to find a way to extract them that was environmentally sound and on and on. And he's got that. China currently produces more than 80% of the world's rare earth metals. As part of his infrastructure plan, President Biden has prioritized creating a domestic supply chain for rare earth metals. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin is bringing attention to homeless students across the country and here in West Virginia. Amelia Nicely has more. There are more than 9,000 homeless students in West Virginia, and last school year, one in every four kids in Clay County was homeless, according to data from the state education department. These are kids who, under the federal definition, lack a permanent place to sleep, which includes kids living in cars or encampments, and those who are in unstable, sheltered conditions like crashing on a friend's couch. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin is leading a bipartisan effort in Washington, D.C. to designate this November as National Homeless Children and Youth Awareness Month. In the announcement, Manchin said ending homelessness among children is one of his top priorities. Since 2019, he has announced millions of dollars in federal funding to address the issue in West Virginia. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Amelia Nicely in Charleston. In Public Service Commission testimony this week, the state's consumer advocate suggests buying a struggling northern West Virginia power plant. Curtis Tate got a more skeptical view of the proposal. David Schlissel is Director of Resource Planning Analysis for the Institute for Energy Economics and Financial Analysis. He says the idea that Monpower would buy the Pleasance Power Station in Pleasance County ignores trends in the marketplace. The consumer advocate says the Pleasance plant has pollution controls other plants lack. Current trends, though, show that renewables account for an increasing share of electric power. West Virginia Utilities and the coal companies and some of your state officials are basically standing at the beach and putting their hands in the water to try to stop the tide. And the tide is the tremendous change that's coming, in part due to the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, but part was coming, a large part of it was coming anyway towards renewables uh, and battery storage. The state's consumer advocate recommended to the PSC that Monpower purchase the Pleasance plant from Energy Harbor, which plans to shut down the plant next year. 
rather than have West Virginia ratepayers pay to own and operate an aging coal plant, Schlissel says. It would be better for the state to help the community move on. The people in the communities that are affected, the workers, the state has to do something to help them get through the transition. Retraining, aid for communities, you know, dollars for for the for schools, for fire, police, hospitals, whatever. That has to be done because those people have given West Virginia, you know, their lives producing what was low-cost power, but now isn't. With the passage of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act of last year and the Inflation Reduction Act of this year, billions of federal dollars are available for coal-impacted communities. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. This week on Inside Appalachia, host Mason Adams speaks with the editor of two of the contributors of Y'all Means All, the Emerging Voices Queering Appalachia, on how an Instagram account played into building the brand. Several years ago, I saw this Instagram post of a paper doll accompanied by all these accessories that shouted out Appalachian counterculture, like a Stand With Red t-shirt. For the 64-year-old mother who tree sat against the Mountain Valley Pipeline, and a copy of Elizabeth Katz's book, What You're Getting Wrong About Appalachia, and The Mothman, and all these other signifiers of, like, hip Appalachia. That post was shared by an account called Queer Appalachia, which had a huge following. It mixed calls for mutual aid projects with memes about possums and Dolly Parton. Queer Appalachia, which was headed by an organizer who went by Mamone, also published a zine called Electric Dirt. These days, the account's no longer active. A story in the Washington Post detailed accusations that the people behind Queer Appalachia were mismanaging funds, particularly donations meant for mutual aid. But the account's legacy is a rallying point for Appalachia's queer community continues. More and more LGBTQ people across the region are speaking out and being heard. Some of them are featured in a new book, Y'all Means All, The Emerging Voices Queering Appalachia. It's edited by Zane McNeil and features 17 writers who challenge the stereotypes and marginalization faced by LGBTQ Appalachians. I recently spoke with McNeil and two of the book's contributors. I'll let everyone introduce themselves. My name is Zane McNeil. I am from um, Morgantown, West Virginia. I use he, him, and they, them pronouns. And I got into this work from uh, zine making. My name is Maxwell Clo. I use they, them, or he, him pronouns. I am from Richmond, Virginia. I just do writing and talking and oral histories with people from Appalachia. Yeah, my name is Beck Banks. Uh, I go he, they. I'm originally from uh, the Tri-City area in East Tennessee. I originally got into this work because it ties into what my dissertation is. Um, and I was looking uh, to talk to Appalachian transmedia producers. Let's begin by talking about Y'all Means All. What does this book tell us about queer Appalachian culture today? This book is amidst what I see to be a pretty significant sea change in how we understand Appalachia and queerness in Appalachia. If we were to look back maybe even three or four years ago, and we were to look at the things that have been written, that have been spoken, that have been engaging with queer Appalachian capacity, it was pretty limited, at least on in like a public sense. Um, it was pretty hard to find any information about it. There really wasn't that much. But in these past couple of years, I think we've really seen a lot start to crop up. And all of these different organizations and books and chapters and articles and writings 
that are all starting to point to the future of queer Appalachia or Appalachias, if we want to call it, as being something that isn't singular, isn't monolithic. All these different voices that are agreeing and disagreeing and engaging with one another and providing this landscape that is really polyphonic. There's all sorts of these exciting voices that are coming in that previously might not have had the same platform. That's something I think is really exciting. And yeah, when thinking through a platform, I just want to mention that we really fought for that, right? Getting this book under contract, we, we lost contracts, right? Like being able, there we started this in 2018 where there wasn't work done on this, you know? And it's not like there weren't queer Appalachians doing really cool things, but we had to create our own communities, you know, that we started out doing DIY zines because that's where we could archive our voices and find our own histories because, media weren't giving platforms to queer and trans Appalachians. And so all of us, you know, Queer Appalachia and these other projects, this project, I feel like really helped open the space up um, for new emerging voices to, to finally be able to think through and talk about their experiences in a way that has been historically eclipsed. And that's really powerful to be part of, just to, to see this, this, change and this turn and this this embrace finally the support of these kind of projects you can hear more of that story sunday morning at seven and sunday evening at six on inside appalachia it's seven fifty-two. this is west virginia morning Mostly cloudy skies today, gusty winds, scattered rain and snow showers, highs in the 20s, 30s, and low 40s. Tonight, partly cloudy, lows in the teens and 20s, partly cloudy tomorrow with highs in the 30s and 40s, and Sunday, mostly sunny and cold with highs in the 20s and 30s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Taurus Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TaurusSaveAlaw.com. This week, Mountain Stage brings you an episode recorded in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Emanating from the Bicknell Family Center for the Performing Arts with support from the Bicknell Family Presents, we welcomed Oklahoma's John Fulbright, who brought songs from The Liar, his first album of new music in eight years. Our song of the week comes from Fulbright and his new album. Here's his performance of Poster Child, Alone at the Piano. Would you make a hundred dollars and you shake a little coin? Pick her up in Dallas and you leave her in the morning. It's the mediocre maestro with his mutilated friends. He waits for his crescendo, but instead it all descends. He used to make it thunder, used to make it rain. But now it's just the water as it dashes down the drain. When a dog gets hungry, well, he gets a little riled. But I haven't seen a sign of the poster child. Hey, 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 hey. Hey. 
crowd When the luster of the spotlight met the glamour of the crowd She said, I always fall in love with those that never seem to try But she sucked down another shot of Canada Rye The hands meet the midnight on a suicide watch And the stock on the rifle gets another little notch He's a sucker for salvation, but when hope is running wild Ain't nothing left but headlines for the poster child Hey, 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 hey Hey, 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 he's already gone Hey, 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 hey Hey, 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 the damage is done Hey That was John Fulbright performing Poster Child on the Mountain Stage. To hear the full performance and more, tune in Saturdays at 6 and Sundays at noon right here on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Amelia Nicely, Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Eric Douglas, Jessica Lilly, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.